Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. All right, guys, real quick before we get into today's episode, I want to touch base on something that is very relevant to this discussion. On Instagram, you guys are well aware that I book majority of my workouts through ClassPass. I am officially obsessed. I have been using it for, I mean, I want to say like over three years now, and I've gone to over 200 and maybe 20 or is it 200? I don't know, but a ton of freaking classes. So not only do I book my classes like Rumble and New York Pilates and Y7 and all of that on ClassPass, but you can also do like massages, blowouts, the infrared sauna, now wellness is on there. Honestly, like the options are freaking endless. So if you haven't tried ClassPass, I want you to click the link in the show notes because it will give you a free trial and you can see what I'm talking about. Um, And plus a lot of the classes that Elizabeth and Dale and I discuss at the end of the episode are all on there. So go ahead, go to the details of the show and click the link. Now I'm going to stop talking about this and let you guys listen to today's awesome episode. Hey guys, it's Cameron here. I'm back at Samsung 837 and this is my first time here with two guests. Welcome ladies. I have Elizabeth and Dale, the co-founders of Sweats in the City. Thank you. I feel like probably everyone who follows me knows who you guys are because you've like run the fitness scene in New York. (laughs) You're too kind. Um, So we're going to kick it off. And I guess one of you can start, whoever wants to hop on first, of how would you define success? Yeah. So I definitely think, you know, it's a very broad term and it's Mm -hmm. different for everyone. But I feel like for me and in what we do, uh, success is really about you know, empowering your community. And if you can Mm -hmm. make a positive impact on other people while, you know, feeling good about it and waking up and feeling like you have a purpose, you know, that's the end goal here. So that's what I feel. Yeah. Kind of going off of what Dale said, I feel like, well, first of all, I feel like my idea of success has developed a lot over time. Mm -hmm. Like when you're younger, it's like, you know, I pictured myself like walking into a New York City office in like some sort of power suit. Same. Um, So it's definitely changed. But I think that the common theme is that like it's always been around fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Like how much does what you're doing day to day, work-wise, relationship-wise, whatever it is, like just fill you up inside. Um, and I think that's how you really know you've reached a successful point when you're fulfilled like 99.9% of the time. Definitely. And do you guys feel that sense of fulfillment now versus what, I don't know what either of you guys were doing beforehand, but is there a big difference? I know personally it's like night and day for me. Um, so I'm always curious about other people who are in this space when you compare and contrast your first career versus what you're doing now. Yes, 100%. <laughs> I mean, when I graduated school, I thought I would work for a big you know, corporation and fashion. And I just came to realize that, you know, through what we do, it's possible to love what you do. And if mm-hmm. you don't love what you're doing – you know, it's not to say there aren't stressful days and there aren't days that you, you know, feel run down and feel maybe that, I don't know, something is maybe not living up to your expectations. But I feel day to day so grateful that I'm doing something that I'm so passionate about and we both love it like a baby that I couldn't picture doing anything else. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree with you. I'm definitely grateful for my years of nine to five experience because I feel like it built my skill sets and got me to mm-hmm. where 
we are today. Um, but I definitely think that when I was there, there was this weird gut feeling mm. almost every day that was like, this isn't the end game. This is not the yep. end. I'll be all. Yes. There's something else out there. And so to finally be in that second stage feels really good. Yes, that feeling also. I, and I think a lot of my audience is either like toying with an idea of potentially doing something different. And like you guys said, have a baby side hustle that they would love to have as their full-time career. And others aren't. And I always like to say, no matter how many people I have on here that left their full corporate job to do something of their own. It's amazing. It's so inspiring. And if you have an idea, I encourage you try to run with it. But also you can still love what you're doing and feel fulfilled at totally. a corporate job. 100%. Totally. Everyone you get a lot of amazing benefits yes, that we don't get. Totally. Everyone's <laughs> way of gaining that fulfillment is so different. Yeah. So you can't really compare. Exactly. So can you guys walk us through a bit of how Sweats in the City became an account? Like your guys' friendship, I think I'm especially interested in running an account with two people behind it because I think you guys do an incredible job of doing it, but it must be difficult. In a sense, I've always thought, okay, if there were someone else, originally my account was supposed to be my younger sister and I, mm. and it was this like joke idea. And then I drunkenly started it after her birthday party. <laughs> and she still is kind of like, what the hell? You just yeah, ran with You left that. me out of it. Yeah. But she was in college. It was very different. It wouldn't have been able to be the same thing. And all of that. But how did this idea come and how did it grow into what it is today? Yeah. So Elizabeth and I were roommates and we got set up as Vine roommates um, through a friend. And we were just really passionate about boutique fitness. Mm -hmm. And we never really thought of it in a business per like way. We just right. – would, you know, make meals together after work and just talk about the classes we did. And we, it was just kind of our happy place. Like we mm -hmm. would be like, it was an hour to ourselves. Like, what did you think about this class? What do you think about that class? So when we were just, we were kind of just dreaming of the idea of, mm -hmm. you know, we wanted to start a blog. How cool would it be to review these classes that we're so passionate about? Um, so we kind of played with the idea. We envisioned ourselves doing this even, not even full time at this point. It was mm -hmm. just envisioning ourselves creating a platform that gives people access to all these reviews before, you know, class pass reviews were available and before boutique fitness was where it is today. Right. So yeah, we just decided um, it was finally a good time to take the idea and run with it and see where it would go. And that's about the beginning of it. Yeah. I think that the boutique fitness world was very different back then. Mm -hmm. And it was a situation where we were going to these classes every day and going into them completely blind with no idea what to expect. And spending money that you then might feel like it was wasted. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, that was really like the base of it. And we would go into them and with no idea. And so we were kind of looking for a platform out there with these unbiased reviews and mm -hmm. we couldn't find anything. And we were so surprised. It was like mostly like studios talking about their classes or trainers. And of course, right. that's going to be biased information. So we kind of started putting together these lists where to go, where not to go, where should I shower before work, mm -hmm. where, what has a culty oh, vibe. The showers. The showers. Like, why does no bar or Pilates studio, now some, some do, fine. Do. We can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> now some do, but I remember working when I was in the corporate world, like, rushing to a 6 a.m. class, mm -hmm. and then, like, if it was bar or Pilates, doing that, like, weird wipe down in the yeah, bathroom, pretending it was good. a shower, and, like, putting on a real outfit. Yep. Now a lot of them have developed and – you know, it's hard to compete these days if you don't have the right amenities. Really because hard. people yeah. want the amenities. I mean, they're paying $35, $40 a class. They don't want to feel like they, you know, 
They want to be able to shower there. And especially New Yorkers, we don't, most of us don't have cars and we're on the way to work and we're just Mm -hmm. on the go. We want to be able to shower, this, that, like efficiency. So a lot of the studios have either renovated or new ones coming out have been pushing the old, you know, grungier ones aside. Yeah. I actually had an idea once. And if anyone's listening to this that wants to take this idea, be my guest. (laughs) But creating almost like a boutique fitness studio, but it's just a locker room. And so you pay like a monthly membership and you would have multiple locations. (laughs) Like there'd be one in Nomad, obviously, one in Soho, like where all of the big areas for fitness studios are you pay monthly membership and you just get to use it whenever you want for like a nice shower blow dryer that's amazing experience like or like five credits on class pass to shower exactly do you know how many times should we, we say that this? i think we should do it i know i've thought about it but then it was like it's really a real estate play because you're not making like yeah yes membership but it's a real estate play in new york and that is but just like not my thing. i'm a member of the wing and one of the main reasons i joined mm-hmm. is because i wanted to have two different options in new york that are like you know, Flatiron versus yeah. Soho. You can kind of like make that work anywhere with like nice showers and products. Oh, they have showers at the yeah, wing? Yeah, and like it's really not. It's I'm good. a member at Soho House. and Me too. Like the Showers are nice there though. Wait, what showers are you using in Wait, Soho House? you can use the showers? <laughs> There's like a deal spa. What the fuck There's are you? A whole spa. You can go into Cash Shed and kidding me? Sha- well, it's I live great. like right here. This so is the biggest, tr- yeah, home. oldest trick in the game. No, um, the showers are stunning. No one's in there. It's like robes. beautiful spa robes, products, Life all couch project pro- products. Uh, you know, the rain shower. I do that sometimes. Wow. You just got to sign in. They don't care. Well, I live right here. So I, I don't know if I'd shower there. But it's worth my, it. I, I might now. But <laughs> my argument against Soho House, and I actually called to talk to them about it yesterday, was I stayed at the Chicago Soho House, and they have this massive gym. It is yep. gorgeous. Oh. And we're paying the same, like, you know, yeah. global fee. How have we not figured out how to have a gym? I'm surprised they, they have one. Wouldn't. They were going to build that like room next door. Yeah, they never built that. it sometimes. It's yeah. like turfy in there. I know, but then I think yeah. they stopped. I don't and know. And they also offer, they do offer workouts. Classes. classes. Yeah. So you can do you li- sitting room like, or Excel or wherever, but it's impossible to get in because there's like two spots per class. And I I used to try to get in and I just stopped because yeah. it wasn't worth it. So I agree. Um, sidebar, sorry. I just <laughs> I was talking about that on my stories. I was like, so has what the yeah, hell? But I live in their rooms. I love them so much. Yeah. So much. Um, so clearly the account has grown over when did you guys start it? Three and a half years ago. Yeah. Okay. June 2016. June. Got it. Wow. And I love I saw that you guys built out the like interactive aspect of the map, which is amazing. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> no, I think it's so no one helpful. Ever notices. <laughs> I think it's yeah. very helpful. Yeah. I remember when you guys launched that, I was like, wow, that's a really good freaking idea. Aww, thank um, you. but are there other things, and we don't have to get specific if you don't want to say it, but where exactly do you see Sweats and City continuing to grow if there are any specific realms that you're interested in? I know I hate when people ask me like what's freckled foodie in five years, because I don't know what it is in like two months. Um, we're really hoping to develop that whole map situation to mm-hmm. make it even more user-friendly and widespread. Yeah. Whether that means having people in other cities writing reviews for us and building out teams that way, we don't really know. Um, but we definitely want it to become more infatuation for a right. fitness-like. Of course. Yeah. That's the vibe, I guess. Yes, for sure. And I think another thing that's really important to us is just making boutique fitness more accessible to people mm-hmm. and more, um, you know, deals and all that kind of stuff. So that's something that we're thinking about uh, to bring it more to even more widespread. Um, And, you know, there's so many people at the gym still and because boutique fitness is so expensive. We get that. So that's something on our mind to make it more accessible, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I saw you guys did like Equinox classes reviews, but do you Mm -hmm. ever, have you ever done like straight up gym reviews? 
like a Planet Fitness or a Blink. Yeah, we did New York Sports Club, a couple of different classes mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I just hit up one in Toronto called Sweat and Tonic. It was awesome. We do a few. It's, it is harder to get into those classes because… We're not members. We're right. not members. But some of them, like Equinox, usually the teachers can invite you yeah. and give you guest pass. So we did like an Equinox tour. We got to get back on that. Yeah, that was classes. fun. That was fun. I know. I used to be an Equinox member. Same. And I kind of like toy with the idea of joining again but the one next to me you have to do all access and it's just so expensive is it printing oh. house no but it's the Greenwich Ave and oh, you still have oh, to that's do, the one I used to belong yeah, to yeah same but you still have to do all access to join it yeah so I don't think it's for me they get you <laughs> yeah, oh they get you where do you guys see the specific boutique fitness industry moving? Because I know what you were saying of mm-hmm. how amenities are now a very important thing, especially in New York, where we're all limited with space and we're constantly rushing everywhere. But are there new trends? I know, like, I feel I feel as if dance was a big one for the past yep. year. Like, yeah. everything's dance, 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 which I'm a huge fan of dance body, Same. but I haven't really done other dance classes. Are there trends that you guys are seeing that are evolving? I think that it's really evolved over the years. Obviously, we've seen from more high intensity to, to mm-hmm. like lower intensity, dance cardio, things like that. Yeah. But something that we're seeing a lot of maybe in the last year and a half is streaming services. Yes. Which to Dale's point prior, like about the accessibility and mm-hmm. affordability, that's really amazing. It's great mm-hmm. that like people, you know, that aren't in New York can be doing the same classes as us that we're right. also reviewing. Um, so that's been big. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. I agree. I'm sure it will only develop from where it is. Do you guys yeah. use any streaming services? Yeah, we mm-hmm. do use a bunch. Um, Obey, Melissa Wood Health, Megan Group, I still haven't taken yeah. Pevolve. Oh, that's, one, great. that's a good one. Um, also, I think where a lot of the trends are going, a few things, is I see this more in LA and I feel like it's going to hit here is the 30-minute classes with like the machinery yes. that elevates the workout. So that's going to speed up, you know, a better use of people's times. And mm-hmm. also, which I've seen, which hasn't hit New York yet, it's actually very surprising. Sometimes New York is a little bit behind. Mm-hmm. Um, is So you, you'll have a streaming service within a boutique fitness in your own private room, like a pod kind of situation. Really? Where is that So happening? you're doing your Pilates. I've seen them in California. Um, so you can pop in at your own convenience. Uh, you can do your own workout. Like if you don't have a gym space at home yep. to and stream in. It's that's like they get mat set up. So that's really cool. But I think at the end of the day, streaming services have a place. And I think that's awesome. But I think people also love the community aspect. Totally agree. And that's yeah. what's going to keep people from going back there. Yeah. And you can even see that there are certain classes that have like cult-like following. Oh, yeah. We've got what, a cult level that's part of our review. Our yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. And because there are some where you walk in oh, and like gosh, I know yeah. a lot of people, and this is also something I'd love to talk about, but there are a lot of people who feel very intimidated mm-hmm. going to a new class for the first time. Totally. And I think I took it for granted because working out is something I feel very comfortable doing as an athlete. So I never felt that discomfort of, oh, am I going to know what to do? Mm-hmm. But I remember people asking when I would post that I was going to classes, like, do you get nervous for the first time? And it's totally a privilege that I've taken advantage of because I never noticed that it was something that sparked I guess, like second guessing or anxiety mm-hmm. or like a lack of confidence in certain people. Is that something that A, you guys have ever felt? And if so, like, do you have any tips or suggestions for people? That's so funny. <laughs> we just did a post on this oh, like really? four days ago. Yeah. Shit. All right. Well, we, I should have read the gave, post. Sorry. We gave like, what, eight tips on yeah. how to, how to, to um, feel comfortable? Because, because it is really it common. Yeah, yeah, it's very common. It happens all the time. And we see, you know, people afraid to take classes or they feel out of place. And I think the most important thing to remember is 
this is your workout just as much as anyone else. You deserve to be there. So just right. because there's a cult following, and yes, some classes are harder than others, and yes, you know, people, the instructor will tell you to come to the front row, and you have to be do 20 classes to get to the front row. It's your workout, and everyone was once a beginner. Mm-hmm. So there's we have a we have a lot of tips. Um, I wish I could just like show you. But I'll post it in can, the show notes. We can post yeah, it in yeah, the show exactly. notes um, to our tips. I also feel like I've been so. For instance, I. Do, don't really enjoy spinning. It's just not mm-hmm. my thing. I don't mm-hmm. be, like being locked onto a machine. And I've taken soul cycle classes and I always continue like to try and go back every year. I'll be like, maybe this is the year I like uh-huh. it. And I just feel so out of place because I can't figure it oh. out, like the movements. Girl. And I'm that that's the one time where I'm really like, wow, this is humbling as fuck. Like I I look yeah. like I've never worked out before. And uh, these people next to me are doing like the tap backs. Like they're doing they know like 10, a, 10 yes. a day though. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I was literally just going to say, if it makes anyone who's listening feel better, Dale and I review a lot of classes. We're pretty comfortable everywhere. Mm-hmm. I am still uncomfortable in a soul cycle class. I'm so uncomfortable there. And I think it like comes from, I dated this guy who used to make fun of my soul cycle skills <laughs> and he was really good. So it was like extra intimidating, but he would literally be like, do you mind taking a bike like further away no. from me? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh gosh. Good thing you're not dating him anymore. So yeah, good thing. <laughs> I think it got in my Red head fun. a little bit, but like I'm not good at it. And so it kind of like, yeah, you know, self-fulfilling. Um, but yeah, it's, universal. We can all relate to that feeling. And also if you are someone, I will say on the flip side, if you're someone that feels comfortable or you're regular in a class, like maybe making someone else feel more comfortable is something you can do. I know I walked into a very hard Pilates instructor who then became one of my very good friends. But the first class I took there, a woman who was in the class, who was a total regular, like not culty, but regular. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, this is your first class? Like, oh. good luck. Oh. I was like, bitch, you had a first class once. Right. Yeah, so like, exactly. you just being a little nicer on the other side of things. A hundred percent. Smiling at people and also realizing that you can't just be a pro overnight. So maybe the spinning person is really self-conscious at yoga. Maybe, right. you know, I remember I had this, before I even started workout, I had this ter- determination. I was like, I want to be a yogi. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, that's what I want. So I went like so many days and I just remember like being able to get into these poses, like a crow pose. And it made me feel so confident as I was, yes. you know, achieving those things. But everything takes hard work and everything takes time. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to compare yourself to people who, there are people that go to 10 spin classes a week and that's very excessive in my mind. But, you know, you're comparing yourself to those people and it's like, you know what? Everyone's focused on themselves. Do you, if there's someone in the class who's giving you some negative attitude, that is their insecurity. Yeah. You just got to walk in and be like, this is my workout. I'm going to learn. I'm going to get whatever out of it I can. And if it's not for you after a few classes, maybe that's not, maybe, you know, that's not for you. Everyone's different in what they're A, good at and what they enjoy. A hundred percent. Another question I'm always curious about is I feel this way sometimes with like food brands, for instance. Like if someone sends me a product and I try it and I don't like it, it's just not going on my story and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I also think that you guys have a great way of sharing very – like unbiased, as you said, opinions. And if you say you're going to try a class and you're videoing it, you then I'm sure feel some type of obligation to your audience to review it. Mm -hmm. So how do you walk that fine line of giving your honest opinion so that you have this trusted community that you've built without bashing classes that you've then gone to? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously the honesty component is huge and it's kind of the whole reason we started this was the unbiased reviews. So say we don't love a workout or a studio, I think that our approach to it is trying to explain it in a factual way. Mm -hmm. So like 
I mean, we definitely give our opinion in the mix too, but we never want to like bring a studio or more specifically a specific instructor down. Right. You know, that's their job and we're not trying to affect anybody's career. It could have been a bad day for them. Yeah. You never know what's going on with someone else, but sharing facts so that people can read through those facts and see if it's in line with what they want out of a workout. So maybe we're like, it's a very instructor specific class. That Mm -hmm. could mean like, you know, we didn't love all the instructors. Make sure that you know the one that you're going to or it's really leg heavy or ab heavy, you know, whatever. And then they can sift through it and see, is that what I'm looking for or not? It's a great idea. Yeah, because everyone also has different preferences. And we recognize that. And that's why we also, you know, in our reviews, are very specific of this class is similar to. So if you're like, you know, see a class and you are not into the high intensity and we're like, it's like berries, maybe Mm -hmm. you'll, you know, decide that for yourself. If we have a really, really bad experience and something happened, we usually try to work it out with the studio and be like, this is how we felt. Um, so, yeah, we're not going out there to ruin anyone's career mm-hmm. or studio, but we do try to stick to the facts, be honest, um, and, you know, the readers can usually see if it's for them. And if we love a class, we'll obviously express that. So they'll know, you know, we, they trust us that if we love it, we're going to share that. And if we, you know, they, if we don't, then mm-hmm. we won't express it. And for me, this sounds so stupid and it is such a privileged comment. I realize saying it, but I get overwhelmed by abundance. And so sometimes I get weirdly overwhelmed or anxious, I guess you could say, by the amount of classes in New York. Mm-hmm. When I'm like, oh, I want to work out. And it's a great thing because I happen to love a large handful. But I'm like, well, I want to do Dance Body or Rumble or Y7, like at Pilates. And then I can't decide what to do. And I'm like, oh, this is just overwhelming. I can't fathom the idea of having to try so many different classes. Like, does that bother you ever that Do you feel like you lose a lack of routine and like maybe comfort in a specific studio because you're having to go to so many studios to review or no? I think we try to keep a mix throughout the week of several new ones so that we can maintain our stream of content, but also working in like our OG classes that we love, especially from like a body standpoint. Like I know what classes work really well for my body and I want to make sure that I'm keeping that up and feeling good. Um, So I think sprinkling in two or two maybe classes per week that we know we love Mm -hmm. that kind of helps maintain the routine but sometimes it is like a little hard like you just want to go to your regular pilates class and you have to try out something that's like very outside of your comfort zone yeah that's what i'm thinking like on the days where i just want comfort and i'm forced to or like if i'm just not in the mood if i wake up one day that happens and like you're scheduled to go review a high intensity workout 100 percent. that definitely happens but then again we're kind of like this is amazing like yes the fact that we get to first of all variety is one of the reasons why I'm sticking to exercise, I think. If I was at the same place doing the same thing, I would probably be, like, pretty bored. I like mixing it up. And I just think that, you know, the fact that we can do this for our job, Mm -hmm. like, we're so – it's so awesome. And maybe we won't love a workout or maybe we're not in the mood to do something. But we're pretty aware, like, you know, if we know something's high intensity, we'll schedule a rest day or a yoga or something following that. We're not going to be doing, like, five, you know – high intensity classes in a row. We don't we also want to be smart about our bodies. So yeah, that's what I would say. And that was also another question that someone submitted. I like polled mm-hmm. my Instagram audience. Um and I'm I guess curious too because you are I'm sure there's a feeling of responsibility to create a ton of content. I know I feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone in this industry does. Like everyone just wants more and more and more. But yours is also coming at the expense of like putting your body through workouts. <laughs> right. So like what do you guys, A, how important is rest? And B, what are you actually doing for your rest? Rest is obviously super important. We love stretching classes. Mm-hmm. 
we love massage. Like we're not opposed to taking yeah, a rest day, but it is also helpful that there's two of us. So Very like helpful. one of us That's can true. take the full weekend off and the other is, you know, getting class content, things like that. And usually for us, it's not even really a conversation. We, we just fall into it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't work out once this weekend. Dale kind of handled like the workout component of the story. And it wasn't even, yeah. we like know each other well enough at this point where we can kind of cover it for each other when someone needs some time. Totally. Yeah, that's the true benefit of having two of you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think because we've been doing this for a while, we know when we need our rest days. Mm-hmm. And I would say about, you know, we schedule in definitely a couple rest days a week for sure. And then if we're traveling, um, but we know, you know, most of what we do is more lower impact. Um, so it's not as much strain on our body and we want to be smart about it. We, we were young now. Our bodies are very resilient, but what's going to happen in five, 10 years? I don't want to be the person with a slip disc because I did too many spin classes. I don't want to have sore knees. Um, so we want to make sure that our joints are also protected as much as we are. And, you know, that's also part of the content. We talk about that. We discuss with our followers how to be smart about working out. And if Mm -hmm. we don't, you know, be an example for that and we just show we're working out all day every day then that's kind of it's not realistic yeah yeah and I think regarding the content that you guys are providing I know I don't if it was intentional or not I do think there's been a bit of a move into more than just fitness on your guys account mm-hmm. which is great I think everyone's kind of realizing that they need to include a bunch of other stuff and it's really just what you're going through and mm-hmm. I'm always curious how you guys feel especially with having two people that's focused on like a niche market, also weaving in your personal stuff and your life and whether there's a line that you draw of like, this is what I'll share, this is what I won't share, or, you know, we want our stories to be focused on fitness, but we can dabble on a few other things. Yeah, I think we kind of became more all-encompassing health and wellness Mm -hmm. versus like our studio review bread and butter. Right. Just as our community became more curious about what we were up to. Mm -hmm. Like Dale and I have always been interested in exploring like, different places for facials and beauty and food options and uh, everything, health and wellness. And like, as we've had like personal situations happen, like I've Mm -hmm. gotten sick a lot over the last couple of years. So kind of bringing that in. Yeah. That's I think when I first noticed it. Yeah. The realness of that, um, seeing how well people responded to it, I think kind of propelled us to continue Mm -hmm. to share what we could. Definitely. And I think also um, just the fact that so many people are looking, you know, on social media and they see the highlight reel and they're just (laughs) so overwhelmed. And there's obviously been such a movement towards the real reel and like Mm -hmm. what's actually going on. And I think we really, we can't, not that we can't fool people, but it's, this is us. And it's not, And when we film every day, not every day is perfect. Mm -hmm. And we go through stuff just like anyone else. And it's important that it helps so many people when we talk about these things. And I think one of the, the series we have is snack time. Oh, right. On I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. And they're like mini we get podcasts. really real. Yeah. We get really real and people really appreciate and it helps a lot of people. And especially when we can talk about something and people are like, you know, this really helped me. I'm going through the same thing. That's really important. And just being in the industry, we're also affected by these feelings as well. Of course. So we're not like these immune. robots yeah. that yeah. don't have emotions. And I think what you were saying getting the feedback from the audience of this helped me because of X, Y, Z. That's what I, when anyone asks about like my version of success, it's the ability to help others and like to feel like I'm actually making an impact. And Mm if I talked, for instance, like we were just talking about before the podcast started periods and hormones and all that. I did a blog post on like just my story of it. And I said, I'm not a doctor. I will never tell you to go on or off the pill. 
I can just tell you what's happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I joked. I was like, I I always said to my sister, I'll never be the blogger that talks to their, to their camera or writes about their period because no one fucking cares. And here and we here are. And here I am. <laughs> um, and as I said it, I was like, if one person is finds this helpful, then my job here is done. Yeah. And it's the responses that I'm sure you guys get when you open up about certain things from people saying, you encouraged me to do this. I don't feel alone because you said this. Like that to me makes everything worth it that I'm putting in the work for. 100%. A lot of work I think goes into all of this that people don't notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. if I know whenever I'll ask like, what do you guys want to see more of? It's like 10,000 thousand different things and I'm like yeah. I feel like I just opened Pandora's box and I yes. have even asked <laughs> immediate regret <laughs> yeah I'm like why did I do that why 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 um do you guys have any advice for someone who's potentially interested in starting an account specifically with a friend like how to go about that because I do mm-hmm. think that's kind of a new thing that's also starting uh, definitely know who you're you yeah know, if you can get along with the person I mean Elizabeth and I were roommates so we knew like we could get along and Although it wasn't planned, on, like we never sought out saying we're going to create a business right. here. It was kind of just natural. But you really got to get into a rhythm. And I think at the beginning, we were kind of just doing everything. And when mm-hmm. we really narrowed down, okay, what we each have different skill sets and we can each bring something unique to the table. Let's see how we can break this down and make things really organized so we can bring our best selves to the mm-hmm. table instead of trying to do everything and it being like a little bit of a hot mess. Yeah. So really decide like, I think our strengths complement each other really well. Like Elizabeth is super organized. She's great with numbers. My mind's a little more creative. Like mm-hmm. I, I like to think of ideas, things like that. Um, so together we're a good balance and good team and we have a good system going on. So I think that was really important to implement. Well, I'm going to ask you also, but you just <laughs> dove into my next question. So okay. I don't want to like yes. go too far off topic. I ask everyone what their favorite characteristic about themselves is because I think it's very easy for us to all complain about ourselves and I want to try and get people to start bragging a little bit yeah. more. But I've never – with two people, I think it would be really interesting if you would say your favorite characteristic about yourself and your favorite characteristic about the other. Okay. I can easily first. talk about Dale's – my favorite characteristic about okay. Dale. I don't know what mine is about myself. But going off of what she said, she's very creative. Mm-hmm. She's like the powerhouse behind a lot – the majority of our blog posts and caption topics – She's always thinking. She always has like a list of ideas and yeah, like most of our yeah. list type captions, which we really kind of made a shift into over the last year. Which is great. I think it's really beneficial. Are straight from Dale's brain. Thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> Smart brain. What yeah. about yourself? You have to brag about yourself also. Oh, gosh. Um, I would say I'm not just copying everything Dale just said. I, I think maybe my organizational skills. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of been the case for me. And I think that I've been able to transfer them through every job that I've had. Right. I love spreadsheets. I love Same. like tying everything off and numbers. And yeah, we definitely complement each other. Do you write things down on a to-do list that you've already done just so you can cross them off? 100%. Same. Do you like, use the notes wake with the up, little bubbles? Cross. Check, check, yeah. check. Yeah. <laughs> like I live for a fucking to-do list. Love live. a good list. Love list. Yep. What about you, Dale? So in addition to what Elizabeth said, thank you, Elizabeth, for those kind <laughs> of words. Of I think she's really, like, shown me that she can fit, like, 48 hours into her 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a way to prioritize things and get so much done in a very little amount of time. So you'll be like, yes. I'm like, how are you all these plans and doing this and a facial and then we're and getting all this stuff done. You're just very, like, no bullshit. I'm going to do what I have to do mm-hmm. and get it done. 
I think I've picked up on a lot of those skills. I think things used to take me a lot longer than they do now. And I think just learning and watching Elizabeth, you know, prioritize has been such a benefit for me too. Um, And on top of organizational skills and always making sure she's on top of things and one step ahead. So that's awesome. Thanks, Jill. Um, And (laughs) yeah, I I think I'm just, I love thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. and I always love thinking, um, you know, what is no one else doing? What's something that makes us different and can keep us on the cusp of pop culture, different and unique and not like everyone else. So I think I just, that is something that's passionate to me. And I like being unique and having a focus of let's try to, okay, someone else is getting on that train. Let's pivot. Mm -hmm. So I think that is something that I'm really passionate about. um, And my brain does tend to work that way. And I think that's something that, yeah, that's always stuck with me. Also something that Dale said to me early on when we first started that has always stuck Mm -hmm. is that we have to always make sure that whatever content we're putting out there, it's adding value to someone. That's something I so think about a lot. that has been like a common theme that I've never let slip from my mind when I'm writing mm. a caption. Like I used to send, we like send captions to each other to edit. <laughs> right. And it would be like three lines, like Saturday and jeans yeah. or something. Yeah. And she's like, okay, value <laughs> add. Like what can we add into this mm. to make sure that it keeps people coming back and interested? 100%. I think about that a lot. And I think there used to be a stage where I was like, oh, I have to post every day, no matter what. I just have to get it out there. And I'm like, now I'm not going to waste anyone's Quality. time. Yes, totally. But I do think I go back and forth with this because Instagram stories, do you view that as somewhat different? Because for me, I I went through a phase where I just shared everything. And then I'm like, okay, it has to be value add. But then I also kind of now share a bunch of shit that's definitely not value add in my opinion, but it's what pe- keeps my audience engaged and interested because I was just talking to I think it was Sari about this. Like, it's almost like a little reality TV show stories. And that's why people are hooked. People love reality TV because you feel like you know these people and you really start to care about the dumbest things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way sometimes when I'm sharing something. Like, I shared this weekend, I was hammered and I was on my stories, like, running around Soho House, Chicago, trying to get a cheeseburger and fries. And, like, really, that is no value add to anyone, in my opinion. But I got slews of dms the next morning being like this is the best thing you've ever put on your story like it was hilarious so i never know that i struggle with i think that value add has a totally different meaning when it comes to stories okay because people are seeking entertainment and realness more Mm -hmm. so i mean they're seeking that via a post as well but i think in order to grasp someone's attention and maintain it in a post it needs to be like different or the the value add is comes in a different form and also learning about someone's personality is a value add. Like they want to know who am I learning from? Who's That's very true. Giving me this information. You know, when you watch a show, it's very similar to that. You're inviting these people into your home. You're watching Totally. Them. You want to feel like you're they're your friend and that you like them. Yeah. You know, there's people that get on social media and that kind of turn you off and you're just like, there's a reason because mm-hmm. maybe they're complaining all the time. And it's not to say that you shouldn't be real, but let's be positive. There are let's some be inspiring. Mm-hmm. Every day, it's like yeah, and then and it's like, okay, like you want to be inspired, <laughs> but and then there's also that feeling of you know, oh my god, they're just like me. They have exactly. these drunk moments. They have these yeah. moments where they, they go through breakups. They they go on dates. Like mm. that actually helps people. So I think there's a good balance between you know, and always think when you put stuff out on social media, not like a hundred percent of the time, but what is this offering the viewer? Like, what yeah. is, What am I saying here? What is a story going to give them? Like, is it going to give them, again, value? And mm-hmm. sometimes it is an experience that happened to you. And how did you overcome that? How did you deal it? How are you going to make it inspiring? So I think that is a value add. 
No, I agree. Because the value add can really just be relatability. Yeah. Exactly. That feels good, you know? Yeah. Thank you for giving me my little TED talk <laughs> that I needed. Express yourself in those stories, girl. <laughs> I do. Like, now I want to watch that story. It's not expired. It is. It was very interesting. I was in my robe and pajamas and I was trying to order room service. And Sounds they were like, divine. no, it's not an option. And I was like, well, can I go to the fifth floor and eat in a robe and pajamas? And they were like, you can do whatever the hell you want. And so I did. And <laughs> that was the end of the story. Amazing. Um, but it was a great burger. I love the Soho oh, House dirty burger. Really so good. So good. Um, we will get into food to close, but before we get into food, I also want to ask, I know we talked like general classes and stuff and trends that you guys are seeing, but can we get some of your like top favorite ones or instructors or ones that like you said, you want to fit your OG ones in? Like, what are those for you guys? I think we've always loved Pevolve. So that's I really something that we always go back to. Yeah, we should do one together. Yeah. Um, we love Megan Roop. Mm-hmm. Her Sculpt Society class is great. She also has a bunch of amazing instructors teaching it now. Dance Body has always love been. Dance Body. I particularly love their Sculpt class because I'm not really coordinated enough for like the full dance, but I just My embrace thing, that. I never like have enough time to learn the full. And I'm sure right. you guys feel the same way if you can't go that often. Right. Dance Body. You have to be like going yes. multiple times a week to their signature to really like be a part of the movement of the dance. Exactly. So we stick to sculpt yeah. or I do there. I love um, sculpt. Fly bar with this one instructor, Todd, is oh. like a must okay. for me. Okay, I got to do that. Um, I'm really into humming puppy yoga. That one is My friend teaches there. Really? What's yeah, Sophie. Oh, I don't I know. I think she still does. Um, also, I love Isaac Calpito, his torch class, Samantha Jade's class at Body by SJ. Mm-hmm. So a lot of instructor-specific classes, like they'll teach at – Studio B, or I guess not Studio B anymore, sorry, Project by Equinox, Energy, I mean, Jabs by Gina. Um, So there's a lot of those classes, instructor-specific classes that I gravitate towards. So we both do. And we love Pilates. We love Pilates. I just started taking – Samantha J was the reason I went back to SoulCycle because, like, I heard so much about her. She's amazing. So I took her two – I took two of her classes. I did, like, a free – Okay, well, the best part of changing your name after you get married is that you get to redo all of oh, these, hello. like, intro packages. Yeah. Uh. I, I went back to every studio. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a new person, Cameron Rogers. Never <laughs> taken this before. So but. I did, like, an intro pack to Soul Cycle, like, their three-pack or whatever, solely so I could go to her. And, I, again, I loved her. I just didn't vibe with the Soul Cycle aspects. So I'm going to take her class at Energy. Oh, yeah. Her class is great. It's yeah. Like, no weights. It's all body weight. It's Injury awesome. prevention, whole thing. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. I really like awesome. her. And Jabs by Gina, one of the girls, I've never taken it, but my a girl that used to help me actually with the show is a new instructor for her. So oh. shout out to Shay. She's been really growing her yes. team. It's amazing. Yeah. And also um, Housework with Sydney Miller is great, and she has a streaming option now. Interesting. And she she's also a soul cycle instructor. I know a that name. A lot of these cycle instructors, Sid Miller, um, create these off-the-mat classes right. that are just incredible because they have this – presence and vibe that you love in a soul cycle class. Yeah. The way they speak to you, but then they're teaching a non-soul cycle class. So that's yes. I, I find that they just know how to instruct. Can't imagine. I have so much respect for instructors that oh have my to gosh. do the class. Oh. Like I'm blown away. Do you know Jara Bean? I had yes. her on yes. here. Yeah. And we were talking a bit about it. She's like, I was teaching so many classes a week and I was the type of person that was going full out on the bike every time. It's crazy. And the dance body instructors, I'm blown away by how they're able to do the whole thing. So like every time I start it's to complain hard. and sculpt, like my ass burns. Like I know. I'm like, this is their eighth class of the day. They're literally doing it <laughs> right in front yeah. of me. So humbling. Um, regarding food, I always close the show with the same question. And Dale, I have a very specific question for you regarding 
something that you talk about that you eat because I need more info. Oh, <laughs> but what would be the three ways to your heart through food? So it could be very specific, like this meal at this restaurant or general category or whatever. You can take it however you want. And then I'll ask my question if this isn't one of yours. Okay, mine are so specific. I would say I love like amazing froyo. Go Greek. I'm not kidding. In LA is probably my favorite place. My, my boyfriend and I talk about it all the time. We're like, we could really go for Go Greek right now. <laughs> um, I love great quality sushi. And Where's your favorite sushi in New York? I mean, I think the quality of fish at Sugarfish is amazing, but I also love Bond Street and Nobu. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm missing something that you're going to. No, I don't know if this would be one of your three ways. The Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, my God. Can we talk about this? Can we talk about this? Okay. I need, I need more info. <laughs> it's, everyone thinks it's like the sketchiest place. My friend told me about it. I don't know what they – they make all their stuff in-house. So Are like, you going to the 6th Avenue one? Or 5th Avenue? Avenue. It's called World Market. It's within Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay. Even their um, croutons are like quality because they make them in the back. <laughs> I don't and know why like, this is so silly. And then like – turkey and like all these different toppings and I'm just like this is amazing um it's like your classic New York uh chopped salad yeah. place but it's the quality it's I think is elevated. better and it's just like hilarious that it's in Beth, Beth, Bed Bath & Beyond and people are just like I had a friend write to me he's like should I cancel our reservation at John Angie and we go to Bed Bath & Beyond like <laughs> I literally, I'm seeing you almost like going into Ikea and eating like the meatballs in the yes. back <laughs> like that's what I'm envisioning I think that's why it's so funny yeah like I get. I actually know exactly what you're talking about because I walk by the Bed Bath Me on almost like every day, and there it is like just ne- it's in there, but it's right there. I just see you like walking through Bed Bath and Beyond, like to the very back next to like the toilet brushes <laughs> and ordering a salad. I know. I'm like, how do they even have lettuce in there? Yeah. Okay. But is it a quality. chain though? That World Market? Like, are I there- guess it's a chain. Yeah. And the people who've gone and understand have written that they know that it's that good. But except I'll go I'm in there and it's try. like. First of all, it was like popping the other day, but I'm like the youngest by like 80 years. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But um, yeah, so Sweet Green's got some competition. Clearly. That was my, I was just like blown away <laughs> yeah. by this when you talked about it. What about you? Um, I would say my number one would be the spaghetti at Scarpetta. Super simple mm-hmm. homemade pasta spaghetti with a little basil on top. I can't eat it right now because of Dr. Beth, yeah. which we talked about, but um, when I can. And then I would say Hugh Kitchen's chocolate chunk cookies. Mm-hmm. I've been postmating those a lot so lately. Good. And if we're talking way to my heart, I know this isn't really like a food. It's more of a beverage, but… It counts. It all A counts. cortado in the morning is just my dream. What exactly is a cortado? So a cortado, <laughs> at least what I make, I do a little sugar in the bottom. Yeah. Two Nespresso shots. And then a splash of milk. I've been really on the half and half train lately. Sounds delicious. Nut milk is also good mm-hmm. too. It's just like a little guy. I don't know. For some so reason, I basically make I make that kind of. You're basically having a cortado. I have like a very a nice coffee machine that is like my number one thing that I love in my kitchen. Yeah. And so I'll just make an espresso and then I'll froth like M- mm. Elmhurst nut milk. Love Elmhurst. Yeah. Some CBD, a little collagen, and then I'll just oh. put that on top. We have to so kind of similar into our oh. regimen. Yeah. Oh, girls. Yes. I love that. It's really good. I take Beam CBD every day. I swear by it. Um, but. That is like my new, and I was off coffee for a long time. So now it tastes 10x. Yes. Yeah. And I noticed like I can't have, I used to just drink like black coffee, but I can't, I get very like. 
Jittery? Not, it's not even jittery. I just don't feel grounded. Yeah. Like my level has just risen in like a not great way. And so the espresso was just enough to give me my fix, mm-hmm. but not do that. And then with like the other add-ons, it kind of like brings it all together. A micro dose of coffee. Yeah. I literally, I was like, Dr. Beth, you have to approve this. Otherwise I'll be dead. Did you have her test coffee? Because I haven't out of straight fear. So I did and it tested negatively. However, that was when I was drinking like full cups of coffee. Yeah. So without telling her, I did this. Yes. And then after like three or four sessions, I was like, okay, and my adrenals are still fine. Everything's still fine. She's like, yeah, you're at 10. And I was like, great. So I've been doing this espresso thing. (laughs) She's like, all right, well, then it's clearly just enough for you. Yeah. And for anyone who's like, what the fuck are these girls (laughs) talking about? The episode, you can go back and listen with Dr. Beth Forgosh about her nutrition response testing. Both Elizabeth and I are, have I guess, seeing her currently. Are you? I still am. And It never ends. I'll see her forever. (laughs) Same. For what she's done for me, I will see her forever yeah i'm like you'll be seeing my children just With so you Tirelli. know yeah. yeah um so thank you ladies so much thank you so Thanks much for, for having, having us. us of course this was so fun everything will be in the show notes but the best place to follow you guys is on instagram at sweats in the city yes at sweats in the city and our website is sweats and city without the the dot com so check it out for all the studio reviews our blog posts who has sweats and the city.com? We d- it's not even available. Yeah, it's taken, but it's not actively Activate. being used. Uh, we are the worst. We are monitoring it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> I had to monitor Freckled Foodie for a while. It's a thing. I was Freckled Foodie NYC on Instagram. Oh. And then I like wanted just Freckled Foodie. And How the did girl you get who, it? So the girl who had it, it was an it was an account, but she had one post, like five followers, and it oh. was private. But then I my one of my best friends is like I always joke, if you are trying to figure out what your ex is doing, like she is the person to call. I swear she should be in the FBI. Oh wow! So she went like all detective, found the girl's other Instagram, which is like Freckled Foodie eight four six something. Found her Facebook, messaged her, and was like, "I see you have Freckled Foodie on Instagram, but it doesn't look like you use it. Would you ever delete it?" She was like, "Of course, I, I never thought she use would have it. charged for sure." No, it was just this girl, like wow. you know, because yeah, some people are like painting. exactly. Yeah. So she deleted it, and then I like every day was checking because there's this weird yeah. time lapse that you mm-hmm. have to wait before it's active. And I snagged it, so I was really pumped about it. Great find. Yeah, it was a really good find. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks so for having much. us. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there at Freckled Foodie.